white on white, translucent black capes, black on the rack. The goose is dead, the bats have left the bell tower The victims have been bled, red velvet lines The black box, the little goose is dead This week is episode 17, the Carl Theodore Dreyer movie of Vampire. Remember to stay tuned after the show for more information about it, or check out our website, www.goldenagehorror.com. Shall we talk about Vampire, the 1932 Carl Theodore Dreyer movie? Vampire. Vampire. Notably because it has a Y. Yeah. And no E at the end. Thus pronounced Vampire. Prom. Hmm. This mm. movie is a weird one. Yeah. It is the, the most surreal of any of the movies I think I am going to make you watch for this. No, I mean... Yeah, it is definitely weird and surreal. It is. Um, large sections of it are almost entirely concerned with symbolism, creating a. It, it, the plot comes in and out of the movie seemingly at random. When it feels uh, like it. When it feels like it. Yeah, I, for a minute, for like towards the beginning, about every five minutes or so, there were those very lengthy text descriptions of what was happening. Yeah. Which just vanished, like, 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And this is a movie that, it's not a silent movie, but, yeah, bits of it feel like a silent movie. Yeah. Large parts, portions of it. And also, so, there's very little dialogue, too. So the basic plot of this movie, <laughs> in, the most, in the most simple terms, is a man goes to sort of a village, or he's studying vampires or something. <laughs> he's studying the occult. A young man, give, yeah, no, occultist. They call him an occultist. Okay. A young man studying the occult is given a letter by this old man who breaks into his hotel room. <laughs> then he goes to that man's house, at which point they're... Okay, so this movie, in the most literal sense... <laughs> Go ahead, try it again. <laughs> ...is an occultist goes to, like, a small, like, a, oh, a very rural area. There's a vampire in a local, sort of, like, abandoned area. It... Bites this woman, this young girl, and they go and kill the vampire to save her. There you go, bam. That's vampire. Just the most like Dracula, li- really. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically German Dracula in the most literal of sense. Um, yeah, this is actually um, not a German movie. I, I thought Carl Dreyer was German, but he's actually Danish, and this is actually made in France. Yeah. Okay. So, but still, I, I get you. I know what you mean. It's like the uh, weird European Dracula. Sure. I assume I watched I watched those back to back with M and Doctor Moose, so Yep. 
maybe just Germans on my brain, so I assumed it was German. Yeah. Nobody I, told me. There was no one around to tell me otherwise. It feel if I could see why you would think it's German. German, like you think old weird movies, you think German. Um, so this movie is uh, ostensibly a, or it was at least supposed to be an adaptation of the Le Fanu novel, novella, Carmilla, which was also uh, source material for Dracula's daughter. Yep. And the Hammer Horror movie, how was that one called? Vampire Lovers? Sounds um, right. So if you could watch those three movies back to back, you would not know what Carmela was because none of those movies bear any resemblance to each, the other. Do any of them bear any resemblance to Carmela? I think I think I've never read Carmela, but I think the Vampire Lovers is um, somewhat like at least in the ballpark of Carmela. At least tries. I don't know how hard it, it's. I don't know if it's a matter of effort. <laughs> like it's just a matter of maybe the story. And they they stole that one, you know, or they adapted that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, well, we're not we're not going to talk about Hammer until no. we get to the fifties and sixties. But uh, it's the Hammer. Ha- the Hammer's Hammer a sl- is Hammer's a schlocky one, right? Hammer is about the blood in the titties. All right, <laughs> is Hammer Toxic Adventure? No, that's um. But, God, what is that? Tra- it's trauma. Okay, trauma. I think I confuse those too often. Hammer is like Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Okay. And they make like they're in all the movies basically, playing either the monsters or the heroes in very different configurations. Um, and they do they do sort of a, a new gothic movies, but with like you know fluorescent blood and lots of busty English girls and things. Sure, I often conf- I don't know why, but I often confuse the two. Troma is like they made movies for seventeen dollars, yeah, and a lot and a fuck ton of them. And they're even, I mean, they obviously they're like the next generation of schlock after Hammer, I guess. Okay, so Hammer was kind of schlocky. Hammer was definitely schlocky, but not in the same sense that Troma is. <laughs> Troma was schlocky and poor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, back to uh, Vampire, which bears no resemblance to a Hammer movie in the slightest. No, or a Troma movie. I can't imagine it would. Uh, this movie is crazy. Yeah, it's very is heavy on its metaphor and uh, its dream sequences. Yeah, I, I would I would say that this movie is almost like a weird long dream sequence. Yes. Uh, I don't. What is the metaphor that you're getting after, Andrew? I'm not sure what what the metaphor well, is. Well, symbolism, perhaps. Symbolism. Okay. It's heavy on symbolism. Yep. And I assume couch within most symbolism. There's a metaphor in there somewhere, I assume. Yeah, okay. I just didn't know if you had managed to parse a metaphor out of this, because I don't think I did. I don't know if there is. I don't know if... I think it might just be a straightforward plot told through unconventional methods. I mean, there, there's the symbolism is almost always like a death, death type symbolism, like various um, cultural shorthands for death. Yeah. Shadows escaping people. Grim Reaper style scythes, suicide like, corpses. Yeah, so I guess I don't think it's trying to tell too much of a story beyond the story it's telling, mm-hmm. but it's telling it in a very roundabout, non-conventional method, a very dreamlike method. Which I don't. Okay, so this is sometimes I will watch, I will consume something, and at first I'm like, I don't know about this thing. But given time to sit and think about it, I turn around on it, 
and this was one of those. So you ended up liking it? Yes. Because it started off, I was like, this is slow, and I'm bewildered, and I'm confused, and I'm scared, and I don't know what's going on. Why was he in a casket? And then I, maybe it's, maybe I was too tempered in, in the hot fires of Universal, and even Fritz Lang, who was to the point with the movies he was making. Right. Even if there were ghost man with brains exposed, they were to the point. Like, he was, yeah. a, he was a real ghost man. He was a, he was a storyteller, Fritz Lang. Yeah. Whereas this movie isn't as concerned with like the story. Like w- the first time I saw this, I was like, when they revealed that the vampire was like an old woman, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, where did that come from? Was, <laughs> she was, you don't remember her from when he was like walking through the shadow area? No, I don't. I didn't remember the first time yeah. I saw this movie. Afterwards, I looked it up and I watched that bits of that again, and I was like, oh okay. But no, I like because the stuff that's happening before that is just random stuff happening. Yeah, there's like a million just random characters in there. I didn't. I, didn't, I just assumed they're all inconsequential. No, so it didn't stick out into my mind. Everything's kind of weaving in and out. He wanders around that area with the shadows for an awful long time. Mm-hmm. Although I think, I think the shadow work was pretty good. Yeah, the shadow. It's cool. There's some cool little visual effects there. It's a very in the 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 aesthetics of this movie are very impressive. Yeah, I like the very like the scythe. The guy with the scythe is a very strong has very strong imagery to it. Mm-hmm. I really like just. Just like sort of him like ringing the bell, is um, it's just a very sh- striking still image. Yeah, no, it is. Um, now this movie feels a lot like a silent movie. Yeah, they, I yeah, I forgot constantly that it wasn't. They people spent a long time not talking. These are all pretty much all amateur performers too. Right. The uh, the lead performer um, Nicholas de Gunsberg yeah was actually is actually Baron Nicholas de Gunsberg oh one of the producers and he ended up moving to America becoming editor of Vogue for like forty five years and that's what he's most famous for I don't know if it's just me but he reminded me a lot of Lovecraft in the way he looked he looks a lot like Lovecraft okay so that wasn't just my imagination I think so anyway except he's like a handsome okay so that wasn't just me how does this movie compare to Dracula do you think as far as vampire movies I don't do even you, do you think you could compare them. No, I mean, in that they both technically have vampires in them. Yes, that's the comparison. That's where the comparison dot. Okay, they both vampires get staked. Although mm-hmm. I like the explanation in Vampire a lot more for What's staking, the the, like staking the vampire with like a huge stake and like basically pinning them to the ground. Is what yeah. Kills so them. If, proceeding from the assumption that you were only vaguely aware that the uh, old woman was a character, and then all of a sudden they're sticking her with a giant stake. No, I guess they they say it beforehand. Yeah, by then I had re- I had assumed that she was the vampire, or yeah. I had I had, the movie had successfully conveyed to me the point that she was the vampire. Yeah, well, because then for some reason the uh, old man the the who works at the manor oh. decides to start reading the vampire book. Right, because he, like, oh, he reads him. the book and he's like, "That woman, that's her. Let's go kill her." <laughs> and then he uh, one of the best things in this movie is where he kills the vampire's servant in the, in the flour mill. Yeah, and he's like why. slowly choking to death on flour. Yeah. But first, he just looks really sour about the flower being. There. <laughs> well, all this flowers falling on his head. He's like, get this out of my mustache. <laughs> so unkempt. So the problem with a movie like this is there really isn't much to say about it because you really can't talk about it. In you kind of have to see it, yeah, to understand what we're saying. Like when I say a man was in a coffin for a long time, at one point the main character sort of walks through a park, sits on a bench, at which point what literally happens is he steps out from. His, he steps up, leaves another like ghostly image of himself behind, walks back to the manor, 
and like sees one of the women from the manor, like from the other mansion, that the guy who broke into his house who died. Okay. <laughs> All right. So there's this guy I mentioned earlier that broke into his hotel room and gave him like a package, right? Mm-hmm. Did open upon death. So that guy dies later after you know, this the protagonist goes to visit his manor. I forget how does he die? I'm assuming vampire. I uh, yeah, probably a vampire. Maybe not. Does he open it before he does? No, he opens. No, it he gets. He does. No, some, doesn't someone shoot him from outside the house? Oh yeah, someone shoots him. Just in a in a random act of violence. Yeah. Or was it a vampire? One of the servants of the vampire. Yeah, it's probably one of the vampire's thralls. So yeah, someone shoots him, and then he reads the book, and then at this guy's house is like a couple servants, and then he has presumably two daughters, right? I got those yeah. as like some nuns. I, those some are his daughters, cl- yeah. clergymen. So what, at one point, one of them becomes bitten by a vampire. The other one gets kidnapped. So that's the that's the groundwork you need for my for the, this section. So what happens is so the protagonist I forget his name. Does he even have one? Yeah, it's like Gray, Alan Gray. Okay. Oh yeah, they do mention it like multiple times in the very beginning, and then never again. Yeah, it did, no one addresses him by name, so it doesn't matter. But his name is Alan Gray. So Alan Gray. Walks, he sort of wanders around for a while, finds himself in the park, or at some bench, sits on it, leaves a ghostly image behind, gets up, goes to the old vampire's manor, sees the woman in the one that was kidnapped from the manor, the one who wasn't a vampire. Yeah. It wasn't bitten. Then at some point, he finds himself in a coffin. Like, how does he get in the coffin? Do they hit him and put him in there? Either way, he's in. Then he's then like the next ten or fifteen minutes of the movie, he's him inside of a coffin, just like watching them bolt the coffin, and watch and him getting like carried away to be buried, all through like sort of like a viewing window. Mm-hmm. Oh, that I guess coffins have. Yeah, well, why wouldn't they? <laughs> so you can view the face of the dead. Uh, isn't is that one of those things like they're afraid of being buried alive? Maybe. I know that was that's a common fear in the. You know, yes, that's why I have the, the bell. For a long time. Yeah, the bell, exactly. Be like, ding dong, not dead heat, please. Yeah, so, I mean, if you explain that to someone, as I just tried to, without... It doesn't really capture what happens in the movie. No, yeah. It's very hard to describe. Although, I guess, you know, I guess Ghost watches itself be buried in coffin is somewhat accurate. Except the ghost doesn't, because the ghost has been on the bench the entire time. Or, I don't I guess know. astral projection gets buried alive. <laughs> Or maybe astral projection waits on bench patiently while yeah, he gets buried alive. But then he goes back, and then they kill a vampire. Yeah, yep. And murder the flower people, the flower guy in the flower. The doctor who is the one of the vampire's the thralls. Yep. And also kill like the one-legged soldier. Yep. Who he falls downstairs. He gets like spooked by the vampire woman. I think right. Yep. And the vampire in this movie. I don't know if we we went we hit it. That it's an old man, but I mean old woman, but. The vampire is an and not is an old blind woman. That's the vampire in this movie. Yeah, uh, improbable vampire. So on the Dracula scale, I would give it not at all like Dracula. <laughs> but to be fair, there's both there's both movies do feature vampires, and both are staked to the heart. Yes. So in that sense, they are it, this movie and Dracula are identical. Um, this movie doesn't have any rubber bats in it. <laughs> but it should. <laughs> so better yeah, the, movie than Dracula. Can, no, you, can you 
it's like the visual effects. Like think of the visual effects in this movie with the shadows and things. Yeah, which and are really good. To Dracula, where they were like, "Hey, let's put these rubber bats on these fishing lines and just dangle them around." While Bella goes, "He's walking around." Yeah, like those shadow those shadow effects still look good. They're and the still rubber bats in Dracula. Still look like rubber bats. As <laughs> I'm sure they did in 1931. <laughs> like those shadows are still striking, and sometimes you go like, "Oh wow, that's really well shot." How did you do those shadows? When I clearly I know how they did them, but. It's convincing like that it's not just some guy standing off camera. Yeah. With a fishing line and a rubber bat attached to the end. Yes. They're still well shot. The imagery is still strong. It's not fucking bats on camera. Flopping helplessly. <laughs> trying to be menacing. We have bats I guess he's trying to be menacing. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. What's more menacing than a rubber bat bouncing around <laughs> behind you when you're emoting and doing Hungarian hypnotism with your fingers. I mean, it also doesn't have John Harker, so, like, this movie's way better. Well, don't you think Alan Gray is kind of a John Harker character? No, because he's a little bit of one, but, like, he's also, like, the only character. Is he's, he a character, though, or is he just a thing that just happens sometimes? No, he's more, okay, he's more of a, he's more of a physical object. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a character in so much as anyone in this movie is a character. Sure. But just to say no one in this movie is a character. No, this movie is a set, is a is a piece of visual splendor. A dream masquerading as a movie. But you enjoyed it, you said. Yes. This and movie, I also I also like it. This movie is art. Is what this movie is. Sure. Like I'm you know, it's like I said, the Fritz, the Fritz Lang movies were more about art than consumerism than the universal ones are. Mm-hmm. This one is hundred percent art. Yeah, this one doesn't even like, there's not a hint of money-making in this movie. Like, I'm pretty sure in the movie, the, in the world this movie was milled, made, the, con- the concept of consumerism doesn't even exist. Yeah, there, there, there was no... This was not for... for. This was not to make money. This was made to make some kind of artistic statement. Yeah. It's not for a mass audience. I don't know it, if it's... For, I don't know if it's for a minor audience. It's not like this guy was just making the movie, that the exact movie he had envisioned. Yeah. And it, it letting himself just do whatever he wanted, you know, like without any. This movie has no restraint. Without any concern for the audience, really. <laughs> the audience can follow or not, but. If there happens to be an audience for this movie, that is an extra. There's an added benefit. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like a painting or something. Yeah. A painting that's made with the same uh, philosophy. And also, from what I read briefly, that is how everyone felt about it. Yeah. When it came it out. Wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a hit. No, it was. People said it's confusing and obtuse. Where are the rubber bats? Where is David Manners? I didn't see any bats. <laughs> Where is Bella Lugosi? Not in. He is not an old. That old woman is not Bella Lugosi. And where is the fucking vampire? Honestly, like in this movie, it's called. <laughs> She's vampire. in the coffin. It's called vampire. <laughs> there is, and there is a vampire in the coffin. Don't you remember her? They staked her through the heart. I do remember that. And the, the one part of the movie was like, oh, this is a horror movie. That's <laughs> so just an acid trip or whatever. <laughs> or I guess this would be a, a, a laudanum inhalation. Or uh, you're doing your ether on your fainting yeah, couch. I was say this, <laughs> this is an ether journey. <laughs> an ether exploration. <laughs> All right. That's Vampire. That's Vampire. I'm calling it. You're calling, you're calling Vampire? Yeah. It's... Calling this dreamlike journey to an end yeah the fugue state is, we're waking out of my fugue state <laughs> uh, 
I'm in the middle of a parking lot. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Wait, where's my body? Oh, it's inside of a coffin. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> to episode 17 of the goldenagehorror.com podcast visit our website for more information articles and show notes my first ebook is out on amazon it's called all god is here if you liked our podcast you can leave us a rating or review on itunes please do that if you can if you don't want to miss an episode please join our mailing list at our website or you can like us on facebook at facebook.com slash all god here follow me on twitter at the water method or follow andrew at pizza pranks Andrew's website is www.pizzapranks.com. Our theme music is the Swan Lake Dub by Dubology. Next week we're talking about the most dangerous game. Thanks for listening. Yeah, our website is www.goldenagehorror.com.